0: Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where anyone and everyone who cannot bear the thought of remaining trapped in a status quo version of Christianity can find a home. Religious traditions eventually suffocate us. Empty church trends almost always leave us in the shallow end of the pool. But kingdom truth straight from God's word spiritually transforms us. And if you desire this, then you too are likely a maverick and a misfit. And now, here is our host a Christian whose entire ministry has challenged the religious system, Jeff Lyle. All
1: right, let me just go ahead and tell you it's going to be one of two things on today's podcast. Today will either be part 1 of a two-part series on a topic that I'm about to tell you about. Um, or this will be a little bit longer of a podcast. Don't know exactly uh, how it's going to flow. So I'm just giving you a heads up. You might be prepared to listen for about 45 minutes instead of my normal 30. Or this will be part one of two parts on the topic, the subject of the coming delusion. Have you heard that phrase before? The coming delusion? Well, I want to talk about that today. It's so important to um, the season that we are in, that we're well into, and the season that's going to continue to uh, expand and unfold before us. Um, I would say, this is my personal opinion, that what is frequently uh, referred to as the coming delusion, I would say that it is the current delusion. I do believe that the pieces are being set in place for um, what I want to share with you today. In this episode of Mavericks and Misfits, for all of you that are tuning in for the first time, grateful, grateful, grateful that you have uh, found the Mavericks and Misfits podcast. Um, we have been doing this for just a little over a year, and uh, I'm just thankful for anybody that's tuning in. I'm really thankful for those of you that I've heard from recently, and uh, just always encourage you, if you've got feedback or questions, email me at jeff at maverick. Misfit.com. we don't have a website set up for the podcast it's just unnecessary but uh on transformingtruth.org there's a link to uh, emailing me but i'll just give it to you right here verbally it's jeff at maverickmisfit.com and would love to um you know hear from you um so i want to i want to get right into it today i don't want to waste a lot of time doing my normal stuff of hi how are you kind of thing so um what is the coming delusion What is it? Uh, A lot of people don't know, and the reason why is because pastors, preachers, and even a lot of prophets just don't talk about it. Um, This falls into the category of theology called eschatology. So if you ever hear the word eschatology or eschatological, um, it is a theological term that is, or an academic term that describes that part of theology that, that Uh, looks at things to come, future events, the end of the age material. And part of that uh, teaching, system of teaching, is the issue of the coming delusion. And I want to unpack that today because I am convinced in my spirit that um, we are seeing the birth pangs that will lead to the birthing of the coming delusion. When people talk about the coming delusion, um, they're usually referencing just a small handful of teachings in the New Testament, but the primary reference is in the book of Second Thessalonians chapter number two. And so I want to read these verses. I'll read it once with some emphasis, and then the second time I'll read through just uh, with just the natural flow of the verses. But if you've got a Bible nearby, join me in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, and if you're driving as always just pay attention to the road for all for the good of all who are around you. Um, here's what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says. It speaks of the coming of the lawless one. That is a reference to the antichrist. So it's the future appearance of the antichrist. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs. And wonders. So again, describing the Antichrist, he will appear. This is an individual, not simply a representation of evil. It's an actual human being. And he will be known as the lawless one, the son of perdition. He will be empowered and filled by Satan. This human will be satanically in, uh, filled and empowered. And he will come with all power, signs, and wonders. So this is going to be... Uh, An individual, a man with great supernatural power. Verse 10 says he will also come with wicked, all wicked deception, all wicked deception. So his message will be rooted in deceiving lies. Now, the nature of deception is that it has enough of a ring of truth in it to deceive people. And so he's going to be a manipulator and he's going to come with all wicked deception. Who's going to be deceived? It's very clear. The ones that will be deceived by the antichrist are, are here called those who are perishing. So these are not Christians. These are unbelievers who will come completely under the deceptive rule of the Antichrist. And it says, why? Why are they perishing? Same verse, verse 10, 2 Thessalonians 2, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. So if there's any doubt about whether saved people or unsaved people will come under the deception of the antichrist, it's very clear right here. Those who are perishing cannot describe Christians and those who refuse the truth that also cannot describe Christians. And therefore, because they refuse the truth, they could not be saved. That's obviously not referring to Christians because by definition, all Christians are saved. So verse number 11, here's the strong delusion reference. It says, therefore, God sends them a strong delusion. Don't miss that. It says, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. So God is the one who sends the strong delusion in and for the purpose of that. Those who are not saved, those who do not love the truth, those who are perishing, those who are deceived by the antichrist, Verse eleven says, "So that they may believe what is false, in order that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness." Wow! 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 Intense stuff. Some of you have never heard this before. Let me just read it without all my, my uh, commentary. So this is Second Thessalonians two nine through twelve. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sent them or sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had unpleasure in righteousness. Okay, let's talk about the coming delusion. Why is this important? Well, because I'm convinced in my spirit, for the sake of this podcast, that what must take place before the coming delusion that God sends at the same time the Antichrist is on the earth, prior to that happening, there have to be some precursors. Some things must be occurring globally before the ground, the field is cleared for the work of the Antichrist, and that must happen before God himself sends the great delusion, the strong delusion, the coming delusion. So I want to talk a little bit around this today because a lot of people fail to differentiate between the deception that the Antichrist is working And the delusion that God will send to accompany the deception. Now, this is very interesting because people don't think that God would ever do something like this because they want God to be fair and they don't want God to do anything except, you know, just be merciful, merciful, merciful and ad nauseum, continually merciful, continually gracious, continually accommodating. And what people don't realize is that the day of grace will end. You need to hear me on that. The day of mercy will end on planet earth. The day of grace will end on planet earth. God's compassion in his dealings with man has an expiration date. And at the end of that expiration date, there's a different date, an initiation date of judgment. And so what people fail to understand is that God's grace, mercy, and compassion are being granted and have been granted with full warning, full disclosure of what is coming at the end of the age with all urgency, with all imminency, with this great, great compelling in the great commission through the church that you must repent and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and so be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the power and the penalty and the presence of sin. So the The penalty of sin is broken when somebody trusts in Jesus Christ. The condemnation is taken away. Their sins are forgiven. They become a new creation in Jesus. The power of sin is broken as we are sanctified, filled with the Spirit, walking according to truth, and then ultimately we are saved from the presence of sin at the end of the age. Those of us who are saved from the penalty of sin by faith in Christ are destined to be saved from the presence of sin. We will be in paradise. We'll be glorified. We'll never have to worry about sin again. That's great news. That's really, really good news. I'm looking forward to that. But for those that refuse salvation, in in essence, they refuse Jesus. They don't love his truth. They don't love his ways. They don't believe his gospel. They like lies. They want to be self-ruling people who make their own decisions, living autonomously and independently of God. Well, ultimately, God gives them what they want. What is it? Total freedom from him. But they don't ever escape freedom from what he has decreed. And what he has decreed is, is that if you don't bow to Jesus Christ, there will come a termination date, an expiration date of God's mercy, grace, and compassion, and he will enter into judgment with you. And so what people don't realize is part of the judgment that happens before the final judgment, final judgment is the lake of fire, the lake of fire created for Satan and his demons. They will be thrown into the lake of fire. Then there will be the great, great white throne judgment, and every person who did not bow to Jesus Christ will be, in essence, put on a heavenly trial. The, the deeds that they did in their life will be placed against them because those deeds were not covered by the blood of Jesus. They must pay for those deeds, and they will be cast in the lake of fire. That's not really happy news. It's definitely not popular news, but it is Bible truth. And if you don't believe that, you really need to pay attention to what I'm saying because you are perilously close in becoming a victim of the coming delusion, the great deception from Satan, the coming delusion from God. Where does it begin? Well, I'm going to show you in this study, in this podcast, that what has to happen before the great delusion is sent by God is the great deception to be embraced that Satan, through the Antichrist, will foster. Now, in order for people to embrace deception, there has to be the eradication of all their previously held beliefs. And so what we're seeing is a migration away from the whole concept of truth. Now, guys, this is important because I'm not even talking about spiritual truth. You're living in a generation happening right before your eyes where people are abandoning all truth, literally, down to things like gender that clearly, scientifically, chromosomally, you are male or female with the very, very few exceptions of those that are hermaphrodites and have, you know, twisted chromosomal, uh, 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 counts. And so we, we don't, we don't anymore agree about gender. We don't agree about what's crime. We don't agree about what is right or what is wrong. We, we don't agree there that there are absolutes anymore. This whole thing, this two and a half year, you know, battle with COVID and you know, the mantra is follow the science. Well, the science is not scientific, the the deductions the conclusions the implementations of policies based on the science they themselves make no sense and if you're listening what is is portrayed by fact from one scientist is denied by another scientist and then sometimes the same scientist will say months later that what he said months earlier was no longer true And so I'm just giving a small sample size to to already tell you what you already know. You're living in a crazy, chaotic world where people don't believe in truth anymore and that we have literally talked ourselves out of reasonability. You're living in a generation where the age of reason has imploded. People don't think they feel and whatever they feel is enthroned as their truth. Have you heard that phrase? Well, that's my truth. Well, that's her truth and that's his truth. Do you know how stupid that is? I want you to hear me on this. uh, Maybe you misunderstood me. That is stupid. Because by definition, truth has a plumb line. It has a baseline. It has a, truth is foundational. And so if we don't have foundationally accepted truth, then we cannot, I mean, literally chaos ensues. And so we are living in a culture, in a generation where just the concept of truth is out the window. And that is absolutely necessary for deception to enter in. Why? Because people want truth. People long for truth. People want the security of truth and answers. And historically, at least in the United States of America, historically, at least there has been an external commitment to biblical truth. Now, clearly, not all of our leaders nor our founders were godly people who really reverence the God of the Bible according to the Bible. However, there were fundamental biblical truths that were established as part of the foundation of this nation, and those things were in the culture and helped to safeguard and provide parameters for all that we were as a nation. Well, that's gone. That is absolutely gone to where now the fruitcakes are people like me. That actually believe in absolute biblical truth and live thereby. We're known as nuts. We're bananas. We're crazy. We're out of touch. We're on the wrong side of history. We are bigots. We are um, homophobic. We are misogynist or we are individuals who you know, believe one thing at the expense of another thing. And how dare you say sin is sin? It's just crazy. So all of these accusations come against people that, um, you know, have a strong conviction of biblical truth. By the way, I hope you're like that because uh, you'll be disappointed in this podcast if you don't believe in the concept of biblical truth. Now, why did I go on that long little bitty, you know, tangent with that? Well, I want to go back to some of these verses. What precedes the strong delusion that God himself sends? Well, again, 2 Thessalonians 2.10 says this. These people that are ultimately deceived by the Antichrist and therefore positioned to be victimized by the strong delusion, it says because they loved, they refused to love the truth so that they would be saved. So a a refusal of truth, not just nodding at the truth, but loving the truth, clinging to the truth, guarding the truth, living by the truth, promoting the truth. Growing in truth, sharing the truth. Because people refused to love the truth, they were not saved. Now, I'm going to give you another um, set of verses. Remember what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. This was prophetic when it was written, thousands of years ago, 2,000 years ago is almost. And this is what Paul said. He says, The Holy Spirit expressly says that in the later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to what? To deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. Now, don't miss that. Another characteristic of the age that clears the field for the coming delusion is that people will depart from the faith. It means at one point they said they believed the truth about Jesus Christ, the truth about the kingdom, the truth about God, the truth about the covenants, the truth about the blood, the truth about the cross, the truth about the resurrection, the truth about the coming uh, apocalyptic revealing of Jesus at the end of the age. They they once said yes to all of that stuff, and then they're going to leave it. They're going to abandon it. That's that's prophetically that there will be a mass defection from from by those who professed to know God, but in their works they prove they didn't know God because they deny Him and they depart from the faith. And what do they do? They devote themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons. Now I want you to understand that those words are in your Bible, and they ex- they express the time coming the right the the time back then it was coming, and that's the day you're living in. Like that was prophesying about the day that you're living in, that the times would be characterized by people who are devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons or the demonic doctrines. And, and here's the thing. Most people don't know that they're doing it because demons don't show up in a red, scary Halloween mask and say, hi, I'm a demon. I'm here to deceive you. No, they, and especially in a very intellectual post-Enlightenment culture like 21st century United States of America, demonic doctrines are very subtle. The last thing the devil wants you to know, or any demon wants you to know, is that they're behind the scenes pulling the strings. So they work subtly. They work through frameworks. They work through educational systems. They work through political systems. They work through philosophies. They work through cultural and uh, you know entertainment uh, formats and forums and channels. And they influence through media, they influence through song, they influence through uh, classrooms, they influence through um, legislation. And it's all teachings of demons that are are strategically geared by hell to deceive you away from believing in the truth. And so part of it is that the truth has to be questioned over and over again until people lose their confidence in it. And then in the absence of confidence in biblical truth, aha, now you have this demonic teaching and it could be thousands upon thousands of lines of teaching and reasoning. What, it can be political. It can be again uh, entertainment. It can be um, social. It can be moral. It can be educational. It can be philosophical. It can come from anywhere as long as it gets you from believing the word of God. They don't demons don't care what you believe as long as you don't believe what is true. And so what happens is people um, are are swayed through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. So you've got people that are persuading. In, informing, they are um, uh, influencing people, and these people have seared consciences. If, if you don't know what it means to be seared, if you've ever burned a place on your body and it grows back callous and those nerve endings never grow back, um, it means that nothing is felt there. So the consciences of these individuals that are propagating the lies and the deceit, they don't feel a thing about doing it. That's why they're so convincing because you cannot show them that they're wrong. You can't convince them. Because their consciences are seared. By the way, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Look at the government. Not everybody in government, whether state, local, or federal, is is deceptive and a liar and demonized. But a lot of them are. And a lot of them are completely unaware. They're, They're actually propagating demonic doctrines. I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but if you look at the issue of the sanctity of life and the preserving of life of the unborn, nothing could be more demonic than for people to believe that God is okay with reaching into a womb with barbaric instruments of torture and death and snipping to pieces or sucking the brain out of a defenseless small child within the womb nothing's more demonic than that. And yet you've got people in churches that say, no, it's actually okay as long as a woman chooses to do it. That's straight up demonic. It is 100% a demonic doctrine facilitated through education, through politicization, through philosophy, through education, through entertainment. It's a demonic doctrine. And some people don't feel a thing about it. Why? Because they've been influenced by people whose consciences are seared. Do you see how the word of God comes to life when you just slow down and think about it? So what does Paul say to Timothy to do about this? He says, well, Timothy, this is going to happen. You're not going to stop it. But in your generation, here's how you you fight back against it. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and he says, preach the word, preach the truth, proclaim God's truth. And then he says this, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and doctrine. And then he adds, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And here we go again. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. All right, so let me go ahead and tell you, there's going to be a part two to this because I already know that I'm running out of time and I'm it's so important. I don't want to rush this. So just make, make a note. You're going to need to listen to part two of this, but Paul says, Timothy, the great, great deception is coming. In the last days, it's going to look like this. People are going to love lies. They're going to question truth. They're going to become victimized by the uh, deceitful spirits and the doctrines of demons. It's going to be facilitated through humans that are liars who feel nothing about their lies because their consciences are seared. But Timothy, as a believer, as a leader in the kingdom, you've got to continue to preach the word. And you've got to reprove people. You've got to rebuke people. That means when there is something wrong being taught or believed, you go hard against it. You don't say, well, that's your truth. And this is my truth. And as long as your truth is sincere, then you're good. That's such a lie out of the pit of hell. Makes me want to gag. He says, no, you reprove, you rebuke, and then you exhort. That means you exhort people to come out of the error and back into the truth. And he says, you do it with complete patience, meaning you never quit. You never give up. And then he says, and teaching. Guys, what I'm doing right here, it's not, it's not formalized didactic teaching, but I'm taking the words of scripture, I'm presenting to, the, to you to them in context, and I'm saying to you, I'm exhorting you, look at what's going on around you and be on guard for your own heart. If you're slipping away from biblical truth, the devil will take his time with you, he'll get you one decision at a time, get you to back off of one doctrine at a time, get you to give in a little bit on compromise, one compromise at a time. And before you know it, you are wide open to the influence of demonic doctrines and teachings. And there are liars out there. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says there are liars. They're insincere liars. That's what it actually says in 1 Timothy 4.2, that they are insincere liars. You can't just believe everybody that's talking to you with confidence and authority as if they're the experts. And so ultimately, it says, Paul. Paul says to Timothy, there's coming a day, and by the way, this day has arrived, where people will not endure sound doctrine. You're, you're there. I'm not even going to take time to explain that. I'm declaring it. You are living in a time where you, there, people will not endure sound doctrine. If you like sound doctrine, you're rare because the culture around you, including the religious culture, the so-called Christian culture, the church culture, people don't want doctrine. They don't want truth. They want to feel good. They want to have an experience. They want to get their vibe on. They want to have an awesome time. They want to be told that everything's okay. And you better not call out anybody for sin. And it's so sad because pastors and leaders and prophets and uh, you know these people that have bailed on their true calling—they're actually coddling people into damnation. And so Paul says they then because they won't endure sound doctrine, they're going to find them for themselves teachers who will suit their own passions and that's what's going on today so all of this is happening you got people that are saying I don't like what that sound doctrine dude says I don't like what that lady says about when she teaches the word of God verse by verse I don't like what she says so let's don't listen to that anymore and let's go over here because they tell me I'm good and they tell me God's so good he'll never judge anybody And they tell me that love is love and I can love whoever I want. It doesn't matter if it goes against that silly biblical standard that God is love and he would never not want me to make love with the one I feel love for. It doesn't matter if it's my same sex or an opposite sex or a child or somebody maybe that doesn't want me to touch them, but I have the right because after all, it's what I want. And people are crawling all over each other looking for somebody to tell them and affirm them in the lies they already believe. And it says ultimately in 2 Timothy 2, 4, that these people turn away from listening to the truth and they wander off into myths. In other words, they depart from kingdom truth, absolute Bible written kingdom truth. They walk away from it. They get convinced somehow that it's unreliable. They find one thing they don't understand, they conflate it or inflate it, and they say, well, if I can't understand one part, or if I'm uncomfortable with one part, I'm just not going to trust any of it. And once you take truth out of the way, the devil lets you believe anything. Your flesh will let you believe anything. You actually find whatever it is that you want to believe because it makes you feel awesome in your previously held beliefs and in your rejection of God's truth, and you become deceived. And you don't even know it. You don't even know it. And then your conscience gets seared so that when somebody comes against what you are believing in error and they're bringing truth, you see them as an enemy because your conscience is seared. That's what's happening. By the way, the word deconstruction, you, you've heard that word, right? The deconstructing of faith. I plan on doing a series of podcasts on that. I just. I need to prepare for that, and but I'm going to throw the word out there. It's this, this. It's been around probably about five years where people are deconstructing their faith. They're going back and examining every doctrine with the purpose of proving that it's unreliable. Now, I'm a big believer in biblically examining my beliefs, make sure my my, my beliefs are biblical. But what they're doing is they're trying to find ways not to believe the Bible anymore. And they're pointing to things like church history and this interpretation and that interpretation and this leader and that leader and this supposed contradiction versus that contradiction. Uh, People that are abandoning the entire faith based on interpretations of a few Greek words or Hebrew words. And they're abandoning the faith. They're deconstructing it. Part of it's because of the abuse of biblical truths in the Western church and because they've been hurt and wounded. And clearly there have been people that have abused Uh, how they present and live out the Bible, and they've used it for selfish, sinful purposes. These people say, well, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And so ultimately, they get boiled down to this belief that they have in common with demons, which is there is one God. Because the Apostle James wrote, the demons believe in one God and they tremble. And nowadays, people just believe in one God and they don't tremble over that belief. (laughs) It doesn't cause them anything. So that's what's going on. So finally, I'm going to end with this today and then I'm going to pick up in the second part and we're going, to go, we're going to go back and talk about the Antichrist, the strong delusion, all of that. All of this that I'm sharing today is just kind of showing you you're in the season. We're very, very, very close. We are very close. Guys, I can't stress that enough. We are very, very close. So this is what God wrote through Paul in Romans 1. People hate these verses. Like literally these verses, uh, people want to ban them. But this, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read you seven verses. So listen, Romans 1. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. There you go again. Unrighteousness is always linked to the suppression of the truth. Verse 19, Romans 1. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So in other words, again, you have this sinfulness connected to the downward reframing of somebody's vision or version of truth or embracing of truth. They became futile, futile in their thinking. And when their minds no longer hold the truth, the next step is right there in verse 21. Their foolish hearts were darkened. And so the enlightening of the mind is intentionally quenched by refusing to acknowledge God's truth. And when that happens, the heart takes a very dark shift, according to scripture. By the way, verse 22 continues, they claim to be wise, but they became fools. So in other words, intellectually, they feel superior, but spiritually, they become fools. And they exchange, here's the result, they exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. That's idolatry. So they become humanists. They become materialists. They become secularists. They worship anything other than God. They ultimately, it's self-worship. And so what does God do? Because this is going to connect to the coming delusion. Here you have a individual um, representation of God bringing delusion. What does it look like? Verse 24 of Romans 1. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their own heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Did you get that? So, there is an unseen point in individual hearts where they so harden themselves against God's truth that God will withdraw grace, mercy, and compassion. They harden their heart against God, and therefore God says, since you're insisting on hardening your heart, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you what you want. You have rejected me. I've come to you. You have renounced me. I've pleaded with you. You have hated me. I have loved you. You have spurned me. I have pursued you. And then finally, there's this terrifying unseen moment where God says, I come after you no more. And when that happens, it's very clear because they exchange the truth about God for a lie God gives them up to what their longing hearts want, which is independence from God. So this is connected to what will be in part two of this very short series on the coming delusion. This sets the groundwork. In summary, the coming delusion at the end of the age will follow a great falling away from truth. Truth is a concept, but specifically God's truth, kingdom truth, the truth of the word of God. And once the truth of the word of God is rejected by the mass of humanity, their hearts are still longing for something to believe in because people have little worship factories in their heart. We want to worship something. We want to believe something. We want to live for something. We must have answers. We must have our curiosity satisfied. We need something bigger than ourselves to believe in. So once God is abandoned, the playing field is clear, and that's where the Antichrist comes in with his deception that we'll talk about in the next podcast. And after that, or really simultaneously, with the deception of the Antichrist is where God brings the strong delusion on planet earth. And you're going to be shocked to find out who can fall to the coming delusion. It's all the time I've got on today's episode, be back with us for the next one. And we'll talk more on Mavericks
0: and Misfits. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Mavericks and Misfits. If you were helped by what Jeff shared today, please take a moment to rate and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or Spotify. Your review helps us enlarge our digital footprint to reach more potential listeners every week. Also, please take advantage of the free written and video resources made available at transformingtruth.org. Join us again every Tuesday for a brand new episode of Mavericks and Misfits.